This is the Monday Night Raw review here on the WWE Podcast. We've got a lot to get to on this show, jam-packed show, with Monday Night Raw's events, going through them piece by piece, Dewdrop and her dominance over Becky Lynch, Maurice's attack from behind on Beth Phoenix, Randy Orton and Riddle interrupting the graduation ceremony of the Alpha Academy, and what was an absolutely stellar video package highlighting Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley at the Royal Rumble. All of this and so much more right after this. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitaliBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitali Boost's health guide at VitaliBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitali Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitaliBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitaliBoost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. This is my idol. You're going to acknowledge me. All right, everybody, let's get into your Monday Night Raw review for this Tuesday, January 18th, 2022, and the Royal Rumble is a mere 11 days away. So much speculation, 
still so many scenarios that can play out. That has been the running theme over the last several shows, whether it's the mailbag, SmackDown, Raw, Weekend Reviews. We just don't know what's going to happen with so many different possibilities that you could get lost in one of those hundred rabbit holes for an entire show because that's the way WWE has set themselves up here. I mean, and it really, I think, manifested when Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID and was taken out of the main event of of, of the pay-per-view. And now we're left with chaos, confusion, and no explanations why people can cross brands. I'm going to try not to get into that. I seem to get into that every show, but they keep doing it and we keep getting no answer. Like this past Monday, the Usos show up on SmackDown. Why was there not security even pretending to chase the Usos? Why are they, you know, why are they trying to get revenge on Seth who didn't attack them? I mean, I guess it's to make the statement And here. You know what? Can, can we just, uh, Put the gauntlet down for a challenge for Corey Graves and for uh, Byron Saxton and really uh, Jimmy Smith, who has unfortunately adopted the corporate speak. I would love to put out a challenge to all three men to stay away from the word statement, message, or uh, the phrase mind games. I'd love to have them do a broadcast. It's it's almost like a, maybe we, they can make it like a, I don't know, a trend. Can, can they just... Can they just stay away from those three phrases? Is it possible? Can can they just maybe pull out a thesaurus and take a look at it and realize there are other words they can say? Or is this the only corporately approved uh, language? I don't know. I'm sure they have like a little handbook of things that are only allowable, right? The things that they can say, need to say, and have a quota to say. But let's get to Monday Night Raw in the details, not my rants and little nitpicks that you guys don't care about. Let's talk about Monday Night Raw because overall, I thought the show was fine. I thought it was fine. It wasn't stellar. I don't think it was terrible. And you, you see this trend. If you've been watching wrestling for, for say, a couple of years, you notice that the, the second to last show is usually not their best foot forward because by then, especially for Raw that has that extra hour is killer with the amount of content that they have to come up with and, and the creative that they have to spend time and energy coming up with that. The second to last show is never the best one. It's always the just kind of the, it's their last gasp of creativity before they get to their final show. And they know where they want to go before the pay-per-view. I think they have a destination in mind where they'd like to think things to be left off right, right before the pay-per-view. But boy, that that pay per view before the last one, uh, the the show before the last go home show, is usually very ho hum. You never get the big entrances. Usually, like you know, Brock Lesnar wasn't there. Roman Reigns didn't show up. I don't expect Roman to, but who knows these days with people just crossing brands, no explanation. But you you don't get a whole lot of that. Instead, you get video packages, which is a lot of what we saw Monday night. Not to be to, for me to be complaining. Um, I'd only be complaining, I guess, if I was in the arena and I see these video packages and I'm like, yeah, I could be home watching this. Why did I spend several hundred dollars in, in uh, tickets, gas, food, and time away uh, of for, from my life to come here and watch something I was sitting on my couch watching? But video packages this week were really good. And, and specifically, 
I think the Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley program that they promoted was just, it was top notch. So let me dive into the first thing here and talk about something really good, which I don't know if it's an insult because I'm talking about something that is just, was just manufactured by the video editing team and not something that necessarily creative did to further the storyline. Although you could say that them creating the video package was furthering the storyline, which it, it did. It did. But I thought this was really well done and it's exactly what we needed in this program. It's exactly what we needed. We needed to see their careers being paralleled. We needed to see a commentary from Bobby Lashley being just Bobby Lashley, which we saw on the uh, the podcast that Corey Graves does after the bell. And which, by the way, and I don't believe this was purposeful. Okay, I don't. I don't think we are that big yet, but. That said, uh, Corey Graves did say the the official WWE podcast, and then he paused and said, you know, after the bell. So I I don't know if, I, I guess I'll leave, I'll leave you to speculate. I guess it's the more fun assumption there is that he is differentiating from us. Obviously, we are the unofficial WWE podcast, and he is a part of the official WWE podcast. So I don't know. I guess it's fun to to imagine that they actually acknowledge us here, but it's possible. Anyway, um, again, that was great from Bobby Lashley. I really enjoyed what he had said about Brock Lesnar. You look into his eyes and the man just has no soul and how he doesn't care who he hurts. He doesn't care if he gets hurt. He said, that's the challenge I want. That's the challenge I need. Now, we're going to see them in a professional wrestling ring. We're not going to see them in MMA. Are there going to be real things going on in this matchup? I, I think to a, to, a, to a degree, there'll be some real real elements. Do I think there'll be any real punches? Probably not. So those that are dreaming of a Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley MMA octagon style encounter, uh, I think you're going to be sadly mistaken. There'll be some real things which are going to be a lot of fun to watch. But mostly, it's going to be about 90% just WWE-style wrestling with like 10% of their own uh, flavor and element of realism being brought to this, which is their MMA styles. So that'll, that'll, it's still going to be fun. It's still going to be fun. And you know what? This, this As I said a few minutes ago, this is exactly what this program needed was not Brock joking around or disrespecting Bobby saying, that, you know, I didn't even know who you were, all that stuff, which you noticed they took out of the video package, which was a good idea. Um, and I think Brock just took it a little too far last week saying he didn't know who Bobby was. I think that was a bad, really bad move on, on Brock's part. And I, I did not enjoy that line. But this a package, I think, righted the wrong. And it brought both stars to the to the you know center stage. And it gave you an education on both of their pasts and how they have somehow never encountered one another inside of a, of a ring. And that this is a big deal. And the, the, the background they gave on Brock, the background they gave on Bobby Lashley was uh, just just really good. To, I mean, it was great. It wasn't good. It was great. And this is, you know, one of the, the muscles that WWE flexes and rightfully so are their video editing team that somehow just continue to pump out gem after gem. Not everything's great, but they as a whole have probably the best record 
of continuously creating great content. I mean, they have seemingly world-class video editors on their team and the turnaround time sometimes for what they have to produce in the, you know, like a day or two, it's just crazy. And I, I am giving props to, yes, a little bit to creative who came up with the idea to do a video package. I mean, they had to do something this week if they didn't have uh, Brock Lesnar in the arena, but really not just to the idea to do a video package and further the story, but most of my credit going to the video editing team who I don't think get the credit they deserve a lot of the time. You know, they're often the forgotten heroes of pro wrestling, you know, video editors. Uh, if, if that's the proper title, I'm not sure. Maybe they content creators. I don't know what you call them now, but they are the real unsung heroes of pro wrestling, especially in WWE, because they, in, in just a couple of minutes can get you invested in a story where it takes WWE sometimes months to get you to invest in a story. They can get you in a moment, right? It's, it's amazing. They can, they can take a story that is just awful. They could probably make the Katie Vick story look interesting. Yeah, you know, they, they probably could. <laughs> they could they could make Gene Snitsky look interesting. Uh, I'm going way back for those of you that remember Gene Snitsky. Um, I mean, they, they really have done so much for the company and, and made made storylines look interesting and feel important when they had no business being important. And uh, so anyway, props to uh, the video editing team who did an excellent job this week again. And it's the exact medicine the doctor ordered to continue to, to progress this story. And next week will be the go-home show. I would presume Brock will be there. Brock is normally on these go-home shows and has been since he returned to WWE. So I, I fully expect them to go face-to-face, maybe a small physical interaction where you know, Brock goes for the F5 and Lashley then goes for the spear and it's a stalemate and yeah, th- that's it. Uh, that's what I fully expect. I don't expect anybody to get the one up, so to speak. I could be wrong. Maybe Brock hits an F5 uh, or Lashley spears him. Who knows? But I fully expect that they'll, it should be a stalemate. That's how I'd book it anyway, is a stalemate where you know they each go for their finish, both block the other's finish, and uh, they retreat to their exits. And that's probably how the show ends with uh, the, the commentary team hyping the holy hell out of this. And they should. We don't know if we'll ever see this again. We don't, and I still don't know who's going to win this. I still don't. There's a very real possibility Bobby Lashley walks away with that championship, and there's equally as strong of a possibility that Brock Lesnar retains. There, and there's so many different elements to this of not just straight up, but does somebody cheat to win and turn heel, like Brock turning heel? What about Paul Heyman? He's floating around. Uh, I mean, with Paul Heyman floating around, and you also have... Roman Reigns floating around. Does he interfere in this match? There's so many things I can't even. It's it's crazy, right? So uh, anyway, started out with a big positive here. Shout out to the video editing team who just uh, continue to pump out um, just amazing work. So, all right. Then let's get to another topic here. And Maurice wanted a face-to-face, a woman-to-woman chat with Beth Phoenix. And this was done out of desperation on the part of Maurice and also kind of a setup, I think. Although I I don't know if it's really a setup given that the Miz just kind of came out of the crowd or wherever he came from at the end of the segment. Um, I think it was 
I think it was sincere by Maurice to call off the match. And then when that didn't work, plan B was to have the Miz just come out and, you know, edge and Miz brawl. And uh, we get Maurice attacking Beth Phoenix from behind. There was really no reason to have Beth Phoenix turn around. I mean, it was just so blatantly obvious that she just like, oh, that's right. I got to turn around so she can attack me from behind. It was almost like this epiphany of like, oh, crap, I got to turn around. And it didn't it wasn't the smoothest transition ever, but we get the idea. It's Maurice using her purse, which, by the way, what the hell is in her purse to knock her to the ground and basically knock Beth Phoenix out cold? What What is she carrying in there? A piece of lead? Like, was there a rock in that purse? I mean, the, the purse was essentially a, just like a, a clutch, as you, as you girls used to call it, or maybe still do. I remember when clutches were huge. Uh, every girl would, like, bring one to the club and all that. So it looked more like a clutch. And it was looked flat, didn't look like anything was in it, and she just used it. I thought it was her shoe at first. Her shoe would have made more sense, like if she had high heels on and, and hit Beth Phoenix in the head or something. But this was like the mid-back where she used her flat, empty clutch purse to hit, um, hit Beth Phoenix. And uh, she sold it like she just got shot. And to me, it was an oversell, but I understand the premise of it. I'm not ranting. I don't hate it. I get it. And, and I'm fine with it. I really am. And it, for everything I just dis, dismantled about it and you know, just took the logic and threw it out the window, I did enjoy it because I understood what the, the mission was. And I think it was still mission accomplished. Um, it felt like they almost didn't know what to do with them this week. And that's why I say next week, it'll be interesting to see how the how everything plays out in the final Raw before the pay-per-view or excuse me, before the premiere live event of the Royal Rumble. I'm just going to call it event, before the Royal Rumble event. So a lot to uh, a lot to continue to unpack here on the Monday Night Raw review. But uh, before we move on, the last thing I'll say about this Miz and Edge thing, I, you know, I, I'm actually glad that Edge feuded with the Miz. While there are many other respectable opponents he has to get to, this pit stop is okay for me because... As much of a non-Miz fan as I am when he's with uh, with Morrison, that's no longer the case. And Edge and Miz, I think, Edge is elevating Miz. Maurice is a decent heel. Uh, she's got some weird broken French English that sometimes I uh, have a hard time understanding what she says. But this, again, this segment I think was fine. And she was trying to call off the match, realizing that she had backed herself into a corner, realizing that all that her mouth has gotten her in trouble. And Beth Phoenix did not call off the match and uh, got face-to-face with Maurice. So uh, it, it was okay. And it was fine. It, it was uh, nothing that you'll ever really remember. Th- this segment on Monday Night Raw will be forgotten. Probably after after I'm done mentioning it, we, we probably won't talk about it again because it, it's just a uh, very... It's a very small thing on the way to the uh, the, the eventuality of the story, which is uh, probably Edge winning, hopefully, for his team. Or maybe Beth Phoenix. You know, Beth Phoenix, I could... Right now, if I was going to make the call, I'd say Beth Phoenix gets the victory. And I know many people are saying that he's, she's going to get it over the Miz. I hope they don't do that because it's mixed tag rules. Mixed tag team rules say genders have to compete with one another. So I have very strong suspicions they will not adhere to that. Okay, uh, let's continue on here. Let's see what else we got on the uh, on the docket here. Uh, we did get the interruption from RK Bro on the graduation ceremony, and I gotta say, Chad Gable and Otis 
have really overachieved since putting them together. You know, when they put them together, if you guys remember, when they originally got together as a tag team, Otis was still the, you know, food-loving, holly-jolly, rumbling, tumbling, belly, gotta, you know, use him as my comedy relief and enhance his, um, or highlight his obsession with food and all this nonsense. But when they got together, it was really, the dynamic was that Chad Gable was the heel, Otis was the babyface, and Chad Gable was using Otis to win matches. And that Otis was just too gullible and and uh, lovable to see through that. And we all thought, and I did too at the time, that it was going to be eventually Otis realizing he's being played for a fool and you know, going crazy on on uh, Chad Gable. And that never happened. They just continued with them as a tag team. And I think as I look back, it was still the best decision because it keeps Otis in the serious lane, not in the subway line um, or really the, uh, the, 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 the dessert line to be more accurate. Uh, it, it keeps him an irrelevant path with a relevant team and they have chemistry together. They, uh, seemingly gel very well in the ring together. They are actual really best friends in, in real life. That's cool. And I didn't know that. So there's a lot going on with these guys that I enjoy more than I thought I would, especially at the beginning. And this graduation ceremony was fun, but you knew eventually it was going to get interrupted. And it did by Riddle, who talked about smoking or something. And he, you know, he, I think he knew what people thought it was with marijuana and it wasn't, you know, but he had that quick second where he let people think that. And, um, we get Riddle coming down and, and ultimately getting a a um, another opportunity with Randy to challenge for the tag team titles on the condition that they, meaning Randy and Riddle, compete with them in an academics challenge next week or something. I think it's an Alpha Academy challenge. Something of the they're, they're going to be doing some kind of I don't know trivia or something with uh, Otis and uh, Chad Gable next week. So they've already set the table for that next week, but. In, in, in exchange for that acceptance, they did accept the tag team title rematch. So we get Riddle and we get Randy next uh, or on the Royal Rumble for the tag team titles against Alpha Academy. Now, Randy snuck in and gave an RKO to Chad Gable. That was fun. And then Randy put on the uh, the tassel and the hat and the, you know, the, 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 the graduation robe. I don't know what you call it. I, I don't know the name of the garments, but he essentially looked like he was graduating college and, um, you know, Mr. Fun Love and Randy is seemingly is okay. And I still don't believe that this team survives past rumble. I just have a sneaking suspicion, a sneaking suspicion that this team doesn't last beyond the rumble. So uh, I'll get more into that on my official preview and prediction show that comes your way next week, late next week, not this week. So, all right, what else happened on Monday Night Raw? Uh, let's move over to the women's side and uh, talk about Dewdrop and Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan. So this matchup was it was fine. Um, you know, it, it again it's it's weird. Dewdrop's a heel, Becky Lynch is a heel, and they're going against the two established baby faces. And the match was fine. I'm still weirded out by the heel heel thing, 
but that's how you know when you've run out of opponents. WWE goes to heel versus heel. Hell, they're doing it on SmackDown. They couldn't even find anybody on SmackDown worthy enough to face Roman or somebody that Roman hasn't already destroyed. They had to bring in somebody from Raw with no explanation and have him be a heel to face Roman. And that's how you know they are running thin on talent to work with Roman. But on the female side here with this, uh, this tag team matchup, I have to say, while Dewdrop is a talking point in this match because of her dominant performance, the other story here, maybe equally as much, is Liv Morgan. You know, Liv Morgan and her really just um, her descent right now. Because she not only has lost mass match after match. I mean, seriously, since she has entered the women's championship picture, I don't think she's gotten a victory. I mean, maybe on a random raw she has, but her her record over the last couple of months has got to be putrid. And yet she's still involved in the women's title match. So I'm not talking about records and all that. Stuff, because sometimes records, and I know AEW does it, but you know, if you're going to keep wins and losses and only have this person compete for a championship because they have more wins on their in their win column than losses and that it gets very sticky because you're backing yourself into a corner and uh, so i see why WWE doesn't do it and i appreciate aew doing the win loss record but uh that that's it i don't know how i got on that as far as this matchup goes it was fine Dewdrop hit a splash on morgan the match opened the show after all four women argued in the ring so belair and morgan also officially entered the rumble because you know, they just declare it. <laughs> uh, so much declaring. I feel like I feel like Michael Scott. You got fans of the office. Fans of the office will remember this one, right? When he says that uh, he's declaring bankruptcy. Well, hell, why don't I just let you listen? I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> I just, uh, I never talked about The Office on this show because I don't know why. It just never has come up, but uh, kind of love that show. The Office is great. I think I've watched it through full every episode at least twice, maybe three times. So good. God, it's so good. And you appreciate it more every single time. And those that work in an office like I do, uh, you know, it, it just it resonates even more, the just insanity that goes on in the show. So um, anyway, yeah, so... Lots of declaring going on around here, yet some people have to qualify, some people don't. You know, if all it takes is just to declare, well, everyone should just, you know, immediately when the, you know, when Rumble season rolls around, just like tweet out, I declare I'm in the Rumble, right? And then the first 30 that declare it are in, and then everyone else that doesn't declare it, they're out. So, <laughs> I mean, there's just no, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. And I know they can't do, you know, 15 or rather 30 qualifier matches. I understand that they can't, but. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I have more issues with the Rumble than just that. I love the Rumble, but some things can just be easily fixed and they don't. Um, so this ma this match was fine. It was all about highlighting Dewdrop and her dominance, and that's fine. Liv Morgan, again, taking the pinfall, shows you where she's fallen to, not really winning a match in two months, even though she's part of the Women's Championship uh, conversation. The one thing I, I would also take exception to are two things. Uh, the promos that proceeded or rather um, came before this matchup was Becky Lynch at the top of the show opens the show and says that the women's division has never been hotter. Yeah. Uh, I'm fairly no Becky, Becky, stop, 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 stop. I understand that you're supposed to start the show off hot. You want to get the crowd excited. 
that you, you want to make everything appear as important and as big as possible. That's the job of the, especially the person opening the show. You got to have a lot of energy. You got to get people invested right away. You know, try to make things appear more important than they actually are or hotter than they actually are. I just couldn't continue here on the show without mentioning that, you know, but Becky Lynch, like, stop it. Stop it. The women's division never has never been hotter. Really? Oh, it's never been hotter. Are you talking about the women's division as a whole? Because if you are, then the women's tag team division essentially is going unopposed. I mean, there isn't a women's tag team division. There isn't one. You're telling me it's hotter than when Ronda Rousey was there. Surely you can't mean that. I mean, so stop, just stop. It's never been hotter. I, I mean, I had to just laugh. It's such a, such a corporate thing to say, isn't it? Just to to make them appear like the things have never been hotter. Everything's at a boiling point. Blah, blah, blah. Stop, stop it. Um. Anyway, uh, Bianca Belair also, and it's not just Bianca on this. I love Bianca. Huge fan. Hall of Famer in the making. I mean, she's already there. Essentially, she, she honestly, Bianca Belair could end her career today, and they there would probably be some consideration for her entering the Hall of Fame. That's how much of an impact she's had this far. Thus far. I mean, so that's, it's amazing. I'm not saying she is a bona fide Hall of Famer right now, but she at least, if her career ended tomorrow, God forbid, I think there's a, there's a discussion to at least be had, you know, but, uh, but anyway, what I was going to get to was when Bianca talked about throwing 29 other women over the top rope again, stop, please stop the pain. I mean, and again, it's not Bianca. It's not necessarily her fault. Unless she just felt the need to say this because everybody seems to say this in their promos leading into the Rumble that they're going to be the ones to um, they're going to be the ones to throw 29 other superstars over the top rope. No, no you're not. You're, you're telling me that if you come in number 27 and there's been, you know, 80% of the roster has already been eliminated to of which you had no say in and no credit to be taken that you came in number 27 and 80% of the roster has already been eliminated, then you come in and you make like maybe three eliminations and win the Rumble that you somehow defeated 29 other you know, um, stars? No, you didn't. Stop. You're not going to throw 29 others. Stop it. That, that needs to stop. That, that, is, that bothers me every single time. It's, it's infuriating because do they really think that, that we're that stupid? Here's a better phrase, and somebody did say this too, is that they're going to outlast 29 other people. Fine. I'm a little more accepting of that, that you outlast them. But to, to insinuate that you're going to be the, the, the singular force of which throws out every single person, which is what they're saying, that that's the exception I take. Now, to outlast 29 other stars would also imply that you would all start at the same time, of which you don't. So there's that. But I'd at least accept it on the merit that you are true. I mean, in in reality, you are outlasting 29 other people that have entered this match, even though it's not at the same time. Again, details, but easily fixable details. And it's just uh, one of those things. So I don't know about you guys. What do you think about that? Are you as just not infuriated, but as annoyed, just annoyed by when they have every single person that comes on the mic say they're gonna you know throw over or defeat 29 other superstars no you're not anybody else get annoyed by that maybe it's just me but if not don't worry we still have you know a couple of shows to go of smackdown and raw uh well one more raw 
and uh, two more SmackDowns to go until the Rumble. So I'm sure we will hear more people talk about defeating 29 or throwing 29 other stars over the top rope. We'll get to hear more. So maybe it'll annoy you just as much as me. All right. Uh, so let's take a pause here. We're going to give some love to the sponsor of the show, and then we'll be back with more Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitaly Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitalyboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitaly Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on JudgeMe. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitalyBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boost's health guide at VitalyBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost supplements all of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitalyBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitalyBoost.com. V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us, and let's uh, let's get into a little bit more Monday Night Raw. Damian Priest and Kevin Owens have a matchup. Kevin assures Damian that he wants just a clean, straight-up match. Damian backstage is very hesitant to believe Kevin Owens, with rightfully so. And Kevin Owens feigns a knee injury, allowing him to blindside uh, the United States champion, Damian Priest, with a stunner and got the victory. So this program is not over, not over by any stretch of the imagination, Kevin Owens and Damian Priest. And I expect some some solid stuff from both. And Damian Priest, who has suddenly found this uh, alter ego, dark character that only comes out when it's triggered and 
we never, by the way, if it's always been there, why wasn't it there during, you know, WrestleMania last year? Like where, where did this all of a sudden come from? You know, I, I mean, I, I, they are not going to explain it. And and why do you, why does he call it Damien? That's, that's just your name, bro. I mean, you can't use your name and then call the alter ego also the same name. <laughs> like, come up with another name. It's just weird. I know you don't want the Damien coming out. Oh, you mean yourself? You know, like, that's your name. Pretty lame. I mean, that's about as lame as it gets is to call the alter ego or the darker part of you the same thing that everyone else calls you. It's just, What? So again, I'm a fan of him. Uh, you know, I, I'm a fan of Damian Priest, and I love his I love his voice. God, he's got such a commanding voice. Um, he's really good in the ring. He's got a great presence. All that. You know, I'm, I I do like Damian Priest, but it was a little just a little weird that he calls it the same name as his first name. Anyway, Kevin Owens does get the victory, which is clearly going to bring out Damian uh, from him from uh, Mister Priest. About that, I guess I'm differentiating it that way. So we'll get that darker side of Damien probably next week. And this program will continue. But it's fun to see Kevin Owens in another program with somebody different. I do have to say that. Um, Okay, moving on. Austin Theory defeats Finn Balor. This is a very heel-heavy night, guys. Austin Theory defeats Finn Balor via pinfall after hitting the ATL. Before the match, Vince McMahon threatened to break every bone in Theory's body if he failed to win. Theory also attacked Balor after the match. So, again, why the hell does Vince McMahon care about Austin Theory beating Finn Balor? Does he have a a vendetta against Finn Balor? Or does he suddenly decide to pick Austin Theory out of, you know, his ass and decide, yeah, you know what, I, uh, I like this kid this week. And then it's just continuing this weirdness of Vince McMahon. Again, we've gone over his voice that is just at this point unintelligible. There should be subtitles when he, for things, you know, when he speaks, there should be something there just out of courtesy to the, the audience. But like what what is happening with Finn Balor or rather uh, not just Finn Balor losing, who's been on a massive losing streak as of late, take out the victory he had over Austin theory a couple of weeks ago. And Finn Balor's on a, you know, a, a complete nosedive. But Austin Theory, you know, when you hear the crowd reaction for him, there was almost nothing. They, 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 they Tulsa gave him like nothing. So this rub that Vince McMahon thinks he's giving Austin Theory, this push, quote unquote, that he's giving Austin Theory, is not. It's not resulting in any kind of audible difference in crowd response to him. So I, I'll ask again, what? What are we after here? What exactly are we after with Austin Theory, Vince? And why aren't we wasting a Vince McMahon appearance, which used to be really special. It used to feel like, okay, something big's about to go down. Why are we wasting several Vince McMahon appearances for a guy that they're trying to apparently just, you know, take out of, uh, take from NXT and we're, we're going to make him a star. And, and yet it's gone nowhere. And he's also being demoralized by his boss threatened and slapped and humiliated and demasculine um, demasculinized on a weekly basis neutered there that's a much easier word to say uh, neutered on a weekly basis and now threatened physically by his boss and Austin theory just cowers 
at, at, at Vince McMahon and shakes in his presence. How exactly does that help Austin Theory? Explain that. What, just because he shares the screen with you? I don't think so. Even the, the, um, the great Vince McMahon doesn't have that power. So, and then Finn Balor on the other side is getting, you know, just beaten week after week after week after week after week. Uh, again, Finn Balor's had, what, one victory over Austin Theory, which is really his only victory in about three months. <laughs> since since falling off the top rope of with the Demon character against Roman Reigns several pay-per-views ago, that literally and figuratively and symbolically represented his fall from grace. I don't know if that was on purpose. I'm guessing not. But now that I think about it, it's poetic. Maybe the universe just uh, decided to have a sense of humor there because the rope breaks, he falls, and Finn Balor's been falling ever since. So, all right. Uh, Nikki A.S.H. attacked Rhea Ripley before their planned match. And when Ripley was distracted by Queen Zelina and Carmella, Nikki took advantage to deliver a beating, resulting in the match never beginning again. This is like the fourth heel heat driven night or a segment of the show. I mean, you have Kevin Owens beating Damian priest. You had, um, Austin theory, defeating Finn Balor, Nikki attacking Rhea. Um, there was another thing I forgot too that I just talked about. Um, yeah, there, there were several things here. Oh, we had Dewdrop and Becky Lynch beating Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan. So, the, the, I mean, this is a very, very heel-heavy night. And, you know, specifically on this segment here, Queen Zelina, who, who I am a huge fan of, Zelina Vega. But, you know, look, if you're just going to just ad- adopt the most generic, evil, egomaniacal, pretend queen or king gimmick on everybody that wins the king or queen of the ring, then just do away with it. I don't understand the reasoning behind everyone, everyone who wins having to adopt this. Now they're trying to make Xavier Woods in a, they're trying to adopt it in a way that's a little bit more endearing and likable to some people that appeals. I mean, obviously I despise Xavier Woods' personality, so it doesn't do anything for me, but with Selena Vega, you know, it's better than doing nothing. It's better than her not on TV, but the fake British accent, which is blatantly fake, but also annoying. Like she's not trying to hide it. WWE's not trying to pretend that she suddenly can speak or, or has a, an actual legitimate, authentic British accent, but it's also just very generic. It's very generic. It's very shallow. There's the word. It's extremely shallow, one dimensional. And I, I don't like how they've suddenly made this a requirement that everyone you know, uh, becomes delusional after they win the the queen's crown or the king of the ring. Everyone should not go through the same exact character change after winning this. And right now that's the case. Everybody just drinks the same potion and boom, poof, magically they are a king or a queen with a British accent using generic hear ye, hear ye language, subjects, scepter, you name it. Let's go through the, you know, basically... The, the Disney checklist of everything that a king or queen says, you know, it, it's, I don't know. All right. But nonetheless, this was having Zelina and Carmela come out and uh, use their distraction methods to, to uh, get to Rhea Ripley did allow Nikki ASH to beat down Rhea Ripley. 
and it, it was very similar to the Maurice and Beth Phoenix angle where they were distracted, turned for a moment, and then they got hit from behind. So, yeah, I, I didn't hate it. You know, again, I'm not going to, you're not going to hear me complain when you see Nikki A.S.H. finally be the one or finally turn heel and go through this character change that is beyond needed and, and I believe will work. Now, the crowd reaction wasn't stellar. To be honest, the crowd reaction for everyone last night wasn't the best. It was a very subdued Tulsa crowd, not exactly known for their uh, their boisterousness and maybe having that happen on a Monday night where people have to work the next day doesn't help and there wasn't a whole lot to cheer for. Plus, the, the big stars weren't there. Uh, in Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, and you also got some a lot of video packages, and it was a heel-heavy night. So the crowd was subdued, but maybe they had a reason to be. So, um, all right, let's move on to Omos versus Reggie. You knew exactly what was going to happen in this match, and unfortunately, it's exactly what happened. Not that there are too many Reggie fans out there, okay? He's not breaking merchandise records, and they squash somebody that they shouldn't have squashed. I mean, you have... Reggie being beaten by women on the roster on a weekly basis. So for him to lose to Omas is no stretch of the imagination. It is very believable and it should have been as such, but can we get to a point where Omas is actually somewhat challenged? Can, can we get to that point? Or are we not ready yet? Are we still just going to go through this squash? Uh, you know, Omas takes zero offense. I mean, they've actually drawn it even further back where I used to say he hasn't lost a match. Then I realized he hasn't even left his feet. Then I realized he hasn't even taken a finish from anyone. Now they've dialed it back where he's not even taking any offense. He just stares meanly at people, roars, and people, you know, fall to the ground in submission. It's it's getting pretty crazy with Omas. I don't know if that's a complaint or not. It sounded like I was going to ultimately end up at that destination of Complaint City, but I don't know. What I do know is that I do want Omas to go the other way at some point. Like we need a real challenge for Omas. I want to see if he can he can put on a, a decent match given his size. And look, we can't look at Omas and have the same standards as we do for like a ricochet. I mean, we, we please the, the the standards of a pro wrestling match today have unfortunately been manipulated into this high style, high flying style, no selling fireworks show of a, of. A, of a presentation. And that's not my favorite, but I do like Omas and his size automatically creates a different match because he can't do those things. And he's going to have to have a slower match, but I do need someone to step up to him. I want to see Brock Lesnar and him go face to face at the rumble, some kind of interaction. I don't want to match with them, but just that face to face. And maybe Brock hits an F five and Omas no sells it or something. I don't know. Um, so th- that is really what I want for Omas because right now they are spinning their wheels with him. And uh, I, I don't want the constant squash matches for Omas. Uh, but he won, if you're keeping track at home, he beat Reggie with a choke bomb. What's the difference between that and a choke slam? The name. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Street Profits and Mar- uh, the Mysterios defeat the Dirty Dogs, Commander Aziz, and Apollo Crews when Montez Ford hit Crews with a frog splash. So Apollo Crews continues his downward slide as well. There is no stopping this. He is effectively at the bottom of the pile at this point, and that's a sad, sad thing. I'm a big fan of Apollo Crews since his his heel turn. Going back to his Nigerian heritage, I think it was an excellent, excellent turn. One of the quickest 
turnarounds I've ever seen in a character to be from just completely irrelevant to relevant and caring about the character in like a week. And uh, since last year's WrestleMania, he's been on a downward slide and has not stopped. But really, the whole match just is getting to one point, right? The whole match, it feels like it's building to just wanting WWE to get that replay of Montez Ford of From the Heavens. And we can hear the announcers lose their minds about how it's inhuman and, oh my God, he's almost out of frame and how this is impossible, yet they see it on a weekly basis. And again, I know I'm not hating him on this for it. I think he's a future WWE champion. I believe that. But it feels like they're just building to that every week, every single time they have a match. It's just waiting for that replay of Montez Ford. Like, I feel like it needs to be more than that. But um, then at the end of this match, everybody's tossing each other out of the ring. Even Rey Mysterio turns on Dominic and throws him out of the ring. At first, I was like, ooh, this could be something. But I think it's going to just be a lesson to his son. They got to teach you, son. You can't turn your back out the rumble. It's every man for himself. That's essentially what the way I took it. I didn't take it as a, a hint that Rey Mysterio and Dominic could be splitting up. I think they started it and then they stopped it, unfortunately. But uh, so, yeah, they, they have their normal. Everyone's tossing over, you know, each other. Everybody's tossing everyone else over the top rope. And we probably get a big one of those at the end of Raw next week or something stupid. And everyone's just essentially playing pretend. And then you hear the announcers say, imagine if that was the rumble on Sunday, they'd be eliminated or on Saturday. You're going to hear a whole lot of that. So, sorry, I'm not trying to spoil it, but I, I do see foresee that coming. So, that was... Oh, and the Hurt Business. Let's talk about the main event. Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley defeats Seth Rollins via disqualification after interference by, you guessed it, the Hurt Business. Rollins had worked over Lashley's knee, which I thought was actually really well done. I, I enjoyed, The selling by Lashley was great. Um... It was a competitive match. I'm reading CBS Sports. For those that think I'm reading, I am. And before Cedric and Shelton showed up and attacked Lashley at ringside, which caused the DQ, the attack was eventually cut off when Lashley took them both out, at which point the Usos jumped in the ring and hit Rollins with a double super kick, leaving both the Royal Rumble world title challengers upset as the show went off the air. And here's what uh, CBS Sports said about this main event. It was strange to see this pairing set up for a match. They're big names, but as for, but as both challenge for the titles for titles at the Rumble, it seems a large no win situation to have them face off as they should be building up steam as the title matches draw near. The DQ keeps either from really taking a loss, but neither leaves the show looking stronger than they came in. The best stuff came out of outside the match with a great video package for Lashley and Brock. Yep, agreed. Yep, yeah, yes, 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 and they gave it a C plus. It's exactly right. I mean, you can't have either one win and lose clean because both are heading into huge matches at the Rumble. You can't. And and I, I understand CBS's take on this. You want both elevated. So to put them together, again, tells you that they are running out of ideas for Raw. They're running out of content. And the second to last show is is, is a show I would avoid most of the time. So Because next week, they just kind of they bring everything to a boiling point. They've got a place to end because they know the programs largely end at the Rumble. Like they can finally drive to that destination where this week was just another holdover, a three hour holdover. So um, as far as the KO show goes, here's what CBS Sports said. I didn't really comment too much about the KO show. Uh, Owens propped up Rollins to encourage for going to SmackDown, encouraged him 
that and and gave him props for going to SmackDown to get in Roman's face. Rollins said that Reigns is scared ahead of the Royal Rumble showdown. Rollins also said that he would bring the Universal title from SmackDown to Raw, and Owens announced his entry into the Royal Rumble match and said that after he won, he would face Rollins in the biggest WrestleMania main event ever before being interrupted by Damian Priest. So, uh, yeah, again, just kind of your... There's not a whole lot here. Like, I mean, having Owens being in the Royal Rumble match itself, expected. Having Rollins run down Roman Reigns and call him this name, that name, and taking candy from a baby and all that kind of stuff, which very, very generic. This was a very ho-hum, just barely, I'd say just an average Raw, um, and I'd give it like a C. You know, it, it was exactly just a Raw that is, if you miss this week, and you, you just skip from last week to next week, you won't miss a thing. That's the way I feel about this Monday Night Raw. So it wasn't the most exciting uh, for those in Tulsa, but, um, you know, hey, we did get the Usos, who, you know, took all their their, their travel time. You know, they, 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 they took time away from their families and took a separate flight and all this stuff to get to the arena, check into a hotel to just do a, a single move to uh, Seth Rollins. Just a double super kick and leave. No security around them. They acted as if security was around them, but they they weren't. They weren't. Nobody was trying to get them out of the arena. And boy, they, they just hit them and then uh, left. So I hope that uh, hope all those travel expenses were worth it. All right. So anyway, guys, uh, you know, it sounds like I'm down on Raw. I'm just kind of ho hum about it. It wasn't the most spectacular Raw, but I expect next week to be a little bit more engaging, especially as that's the go home show. So. Um, all right. Well, I believe that is it for your Monday Night Raw review. And I should have done this at the beginning of the show. I simply forgot. But uh, I wanted to give a shout out to our latest patron joining us there on Patreon.com. You can do the same and join us there at Patreon.com and search for the WWE Podcast and go ad free for a dollar. Get you know, Join in the Discord server and a bunch of other cool stuff, including this shout out you're about to hear. This is a shout out to somebody who wants to be known as the stranger. Yes, the stranger. So, um, Mr. Stranger, thank you so much for your patronage and your support and enjoy the hundreds of episodes we have ad free. Everybody, thank you so much for your support as well. If you're listening to this, you're supporting us. Even if it's not in a monetary sense, you are supporting us just by listening. It helps with the the algorithm, the downloads, and everything else. You can also give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or go ad-free on Apple, Spod, uh, Apple, Podcast, Apple's Podcast, Apple Podcasts for uh, the ad-free experience directly in the Apple Podcast app if you want to do that as well. Everybody, I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for that. And tomorrow, I'll be back with the mailbag. Hopefully, you guys don't pound me into a two-and-a-half to three-hour show. I really like I love you guys, but boy, it's it's a lot of work, I got to say. So that said, please send your emails. If I have to split it into two, to two parts to get it done, I have to do that, but I'll try not to. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. As always, take care, and I will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.
Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitaliBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitali Boost's health guide at VitaliBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitali Boost supplements all of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to vitaliboost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitaliboost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com.